Hello and welcome to Endurance Minded. It's the podcast that looks at the psychological and emotional components of endurance sports and how they impact performance. I'm your host, Taylor Thomas, founder and coach of TEC. And on this episode, uh, I want to talk about happiness. I want to talk about it specifically as it relates, as always, to athleticism, uh, to our athletic identity, to uh, how we go about pursuing our goals. Uh, And it's something that I've been I've been thinking a lot about because it's it's not necessarily um, something that comes up as a topic of conversation. You know, as athletes, we think about um, we think about you know how do we stay motivated, how do we stay driven, um, how do we reach our full potential, how do we make sure that we can do those things season after season and uh, and maintain that drive, maintain that passion. Um, but we don't often talk about happiness. You know, are we happy in the pursuit of those things? Um, and it's, it's where that happiness comes from and whether or not we are happy or not is something that re- is really uh, important. And it's something that is really important to me because I want to make sure that, that I'm doing my part and doing what I can to help athletes um, think about their athleticism <clears throat> uh, through the lens of sustainability. You know, is it something like I've talked about at length on this show, that that adds value to your life, that you want to come back to season after season, that you want to maintain year long as a consistent part uh, of your life in a way, uh, in a way that's, that's integrated um, and is, um, is balanced. And so I want to talk about happiness in a few different ways. I want to uh, break down a little bit of the science behind happiness. I've been doing some research on this um, in hopes to better understand um, how we should think about happiness in the first place, and then uh, and then with that information, um, break down or think about how we can apply happiness to our lives as athletes. Three primary areas um, that are a little bit more um, uh, a little bit more different uh, than we're used to, to talking about things like health, well-being, general life satisfaction. Um, so I want to extrapolate and kind of break down some of the nuance behind uh, behind happiness uh, in hopes that we can we can understand or I can give uh, you guys the tools to understand um, how to integrate some of these things uh, into your uh, athletic pursuits in a way that creates happiness that cr- cr- creates more fulfillment. Um, so uh, I'm uh, I'm excited to break this down. It's been something that I've been uh, I've been thinking about a lot, researching a lot, and and it's uh, the more I look at it, the more it seems kind of like a no-brainer, like it's something that I should have been talking about um, this whole time. But again, it kind of struck me that happiness um, isn't something that we, uh, we often necessarily uh, integrate into the conversation um, when it comes to, to our goals uh, and our, you know, uh, our lives as athletes. So um, I want to encourage you guys also to check out thomasendurancecoaching.com. Um, as always, tons of great resources there. Um, we have our new Teams product that we launched, so uh, a really fantastic um, new software that puts the coach-athlete relationship in the palm of your hand in an approachable platform that's flexible and dynamic. Um, so you can check out uh, TEC Teams again at thomasendurancecoaching.com as well as our blog. Uh, you can reach out to a coach there um, and talk about any of the things that we talk about um, on the podcast. So please use this as a resource. That's what we're here for. Uh, and we'd love to connect with um, with you if we can uh, if we can help in any way. And enduranceminded.com. So let us know what you're thinking, how we can help, um, what I can tap into uh, on this platform to be a resource to give you the tools you need. 
Um, scroll down to the bottom of enduranceminded.com. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. What resonates? What doesn't? What can we help with? And as always, rate, subscribe, share with a friend. Um, I am grateful for all of your support. Um, and I continue to be grateful for those um, that uh, let us know what you're thinking. Uh, rate, subscribe, and then get the word out with, uh, with your circle of friends. So thanks uh, in advance. And thanks to everyone who's done it so far. I greatly appreciate it. Hey everyone, uh, before we dive into this episode, I want to take a moment to tell you about Inside Tracker. As I've talked about at length on the show, my passion is helping individuals discover the tools, resources, and relationships they need to reach their full potential. It's about more than just getting fit or being in shape for one race. It's about realizing the value and the lifetime pursuit of dedicating yourself to become the best version of you that you can be. So no matter what you love, whether it's running, riding your bike, racing, or just getting out and enjoy the great outdoors, you want to do it forever. That's where Inside Tracker can help. As a lifelong athlete who's done everything under the sun, I've gotten blood work done many, many times over the years, and it's always provided critical information. Even when I was feeling great and training hard, my blood work uncovered critical deficits such as low vitamin D and elevated iron. Despite how your training is going or how you're feeling, Inside Tracker helps to uncover specific, individual, and actionable insights that allow you to not only perform better, but feel better and be healthier. Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. Using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside of you and to offer you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. Then, Inside Tracker tracks your progress every day, every step of the way towards reaching your performance goals and living a longer, healthier life. So, endurance-minded listeners can get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just visit info.insidetracker.com/endurance-minded to take advantage of 25% off of the entire Inside Tracker store. Being an athlete is about more than just completing the right workouts. So visit info.insidetracker.com/endurance-minded today to start taking a proactive approach to understanding what your body needs to perform better and live longer. All right, so the reason that I started thinking about happiness in the first place was because of where we're at in the, you know, in the season. Here we are, beginning of the year, uh, the onset of kind of early spring, and it is the time when, uh, when we start thinking about um, our goals, or certainly we start to solidify them. We've probably already thought about what we want them to be, what we want to accomplish, but you know, how do we get there? What's the roadmap? Um, how does that integrate into you know, our lives? What does that look like from an athletic identity perspective? Um, what's our motivators, intrinsic and extrinsic? So we start to really define and refine all of these uh, components that are going to make up, you know, what the next um, several months or many months uh, of our lives look like. And you know, when when I was thinking about you know goal setting and and what that process looks and feels like as an athlete, whether it's myself or um, athletes that I have the opportunity to speak with, it's you know we don't we've never talked about or it, you know, it doesn't come up directly. Um, do these things make you happy? Uh, is it something that is, um, 
that brings joy uh, to your life. You know, we, we've talked about that in roundabout ways, and we've certainly talked about on this podcast that, you know, we should lead with joy and that that, that should be the thing that drives us. And then, you know, if we lead with that, <clears throat> then so much of the other pieces will fall into place. But, you know, I really just, I want people to be happy. I want people to see the value of their athleticism. And, and I want them to see that, um, that by, you know, valuing themselves and by um, making time for their goals, it is going to allow them to be the best versions of themselves in other areas of their lives. And when you do that, if, if that is the, the, the side effect or the outcome, you can't help but be happy. And so I, I truly believe that, you know, athleticism and our, our pursuits as athletes are a vessel by which we can, we can be happier. And of course, you know, feel better, um, you know, live longer, be healthier and so on. Um, but what struck me is that we're always, you know, we're always looking ahead as athletes. So we're, you know, we set goals, we, we define where we want to be in the future, how fit we want to be, um, what we want to accomplish, you know, whether that's a particular distance or uh, a goal event or, or whatever it is. But, you know, we're, we're looking, we're always projecting out, you know, what does the next training block look like? What does next week's workouts entail? Um, where am I going to be in, you know, six months from now? And is that going to allow me to, to achieve the results that I want? So we have a tendency to kind of project into the future. Um, and what that does is it detracts potentially from our ability to be present as athletes. And that, that ability to be present also allows us to be engaged. Um, and I think that that's a really important skill set is we have to, we have to see the value in where we're at right now. Um, we have to say, you know, I'm working towards this thing in the future, whether that's six months from now or six years from now. But what I'm doing right now is also important. And I can't rush that process. I need to be fully present and fully engaged in that process to get the most out of it. I can't rush through this week to get to next week. I can't rush through this month to get to next year. Um, it, it, it's, it's about, you know, small um, steps that lead to big results over time. And, you know, I know I've been guilty of that is, you know, <clears throat> trying to push ahead to kind of get through uh, a particular time in my, you know, athletic life just to get to another, uh, just to get to another area, another goal, another level of fitness, whatever it is. And, you know, what that, again, what that leads to is, um, from a science perspective, and I'll go into this a little bit, is is it leads to to fleeting happiness. You know, we think that that when we get there, so to speak, that then then we'll be happy, right? When I le reach a certain level of fitness, when I um, achieve a certain goal, uh, when I you know run or ride or swim or whatever a certain distance, then then I'll be satisfied. Then I'll be happy. Then my athleticism will add value to my life, then it'll all make sense. But, but that's not the case. Um, and we know that from, um, from a lot of research that's been, been done from um, psychologists, behavioral science. Um, we know that, 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 that projection of the future is not actually what brings us happiness. It's that presence and that groundedness in the moment um, that is going to lead to sustainable happiness. So 
one of the um, one of the areas of research that behavioral science um, has brought to the forefront is this. Um, it's a term called hedonic adaptation, or the the set point that I'll put in quotes. And it's this kind of theory of happiness that you know when we acquire or achieve something new, our happiness, our well being, our satisfaction will rise. But what we see when we've when we've tested this theory, or when behavioral scientists have tested this theory, is that it actually is fleeting. You might be happier for a few months, but it's going to return to prior levels of satisfaction or happiness. And so we think about that through the lens of, of uh, us as athletes, that's, that's that goal projection, right? So, so if I just, if I just push through and train for the next six months for this race, um, when I get to that race, then that'll be the, the springboard that allows me to, to really reach my full potential or be happy or be satisfied with, with my performance or my body or, or whatever it is. Um, and that that mindset is is fleeting. You, it doesn't last. It's not going to be the thing that actually makes you happy. Um, and you'll you'll slowly but surely return to kind of prior levels of happiness. Um, and that tends to happen within you know a couple of months. So that's one of the areas I, I was when I was researching. I, I you know came into these studies on hedonic adaptation and. And it really struck me that, you know, we do so much of that as athletes. Again, we, we, we project and, you know, here we are in April and we say, well, you know, all I got to do is get through, um, you know, X amount of time to a certain date. And then I'll be, um, then I'll be excited about my training. Then I'll, you know, I'll have the fitness I need, quote unquote, to, to, um, to really lean into this, you know, athleticism, to really feel like an athlete. We see that a lot, you know, this idea that, you know, I'm, I'm not an athlete now. I wouldn't define myself as an athlete, but if I get to, you know, X point, whether that's a certain distance or speed or, you know, oftentimes it's kind of an arbitrary um, definition of fitness that we put on ourselves or we kind of store away in our minds. If I get there, then, Th- then I'll be an athlete, you know, then I can really take myself seriously, or maybe even more. The thing that carries more weight is others will take me seriously, right? Other uh, athletes, quote unquote. Um, so, you know, this, again, this, the science tells us that that's not the case, that this, this groundedness, this presence, this engagement in our current, where we're at right now is what matters most for happiness. And, and if we look at that through the lens of uh, being an athlete, that is, you know, we have to see the value in what we're doing right now, right? Where we're at, what our bodies are capable of, how we feel, um, what's manageable. And that's, and that's where we're at. And we, and that has to be okay. And we have to, we have to be happy with that. And we have to understand how to find happiness in that process, even though we're pushing to, um, it doesn't mean we have to be lazy doesn't mean we can't strive it just means that we have to understand that that point in the future is not what uh is not what brings us happiness <clears throat> another uh another area uh, uh that i came across that i that struck me you know that has parallels to our lives as athletes is um uh, a harvard psychologist uh tal ben shahar um he coined this term, the arrival fallacy, very similar to what I've just described, but I wanted to, to just kind of um, 
you know, give a reference point. Um, this arrival fallacy says that, you know, we live under the illusion or the really the false hope that once we make it, um, that we'll finally, you know, arrive, right? And I'll use quotes again there. Um, you know, he says that, you know, really that's, that's a temporary feeling. It's a blip of happiness. The feeling doesn't last. Um, and that doesn't even account for the inevitable highs and lows as we're pursuing that thing, right? So that's assuming that it's a straight line to success, which it's, which is not, there's, you know, these inevitable setbacks that, that life brings or as athletes that we encounter through, um, through just our physiology, through, you know, injury, through, you know, whatever it is that we have to navigate as we're moving towards our goals. And so this, you know, this, again, just to kind of, to, to, um, provide or, you know, bolster this, um, this idea of the arrival fallacy, this thing that, you know, when we get to this goal, we get to this event, that'll be the thing. Um, and when we cling to that thing, we lose happiness or we're not as happy as we, we could be. So I say all this to say that, you know, I think that it's worth talking about happiness or integrating this into the conversation because we, I, I've realized more now in, in this you know research that I've done that um, we so often you know project we so often think about this arrival fallacy or you know this set point to use the behavioral science um, term and we may not be as present as we should or could be we may not be as engaged um, as we could or should be in the process that's required. Um, to, to get us to these goals and knowing that, you know, it's, it's going to constantly reset too. that there is no, or, or my hope, you know, is that I help individuals understand that there isn't, there isn't an end goal, right? That these are benchmarks along, along your way um, that, you know, if it's a, if it's a certain level of fitness, if it's a, an event, a distance, whatever it is, whatever that goal is, that is, that's a that's a benchmark. It's a high point um, that we leverage to make to enrich that process, to make that athlete uh, athletic experience, that journey more fulfilling. But it's not the end goal. So when we get there, it resets, and we have to find you know happiness in that next process. You know what does it look like after that goal? And so that's why it's so important too to to be engaged and be present because that we always are going to come back to the process. Um, we're going to come back to the things that are going to you know, lead up to a goal in the future. Um, so I want to I want to break down happiness um, in in three different areas in a hope to uh, or in hopes to give you guys some kind of concrete examples of areas we can look at that might help us or hopefully will help us identify and find happiness in this this process um, and 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 hopefully allow us to come back off of this, this set point a little bit so that, you know, we can define it, we can put it on the calendar, we can, we can put it out there, but it's, but we're not rushing to get there in a sense, right? We're, we're not trying to plow through the, the necessary steps um, for, for where we're at now to get there. And, and, and again, leading to the inability to be present in that process, the inability to be engaged and get the most out of those experiences. Um, so 
The three areas are health, well-being, and general life satisfaction. And I'll give credit to um, Brad Stolberg. Uh, the Practice of Groundedness, his newest book, uh, is a book that I'm now using as a, a reference book. Uh, it's a fantastic book. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. Um, but he outlines these three areas. So, um, And I, I see such correlations between this and um, he's not speaking specifically to athletics, but I see such correlations that I wanted to use those three areas um, and expand upon them through the lens of, of being an athlete or athleticism. Um, so the first one, health. And, I, and I, I guess I'll back up a little bit to say I realize these are not classic, um, not classic language we would use to talk about our happiness as athletes, right? I think traditionally we would talk about, or maybe most, most common would be, you know, if you ask an athlete, you know, are you, what areas in your athleticism are you most happy with? They would, we would say, you know, fitness, uh, we might talk about nutrition, we might talk about specific metrics, you know, pace, power, um, we might talk about race results, um, we might talk about goals met, Th those are all fine things, but I wanted to, I purposely wanted to use these three areas, again, health, well-being, life satisfaction to help illustrate the opportunity for, for nuance here and the opportunity to expand the conversation. Um, because again, like I've talked about at length on the show, you know, our goals as athletes should be integrated into our lives, right? It's not here I am as an athlete, right? In one bubble or one camp, and then everything else happens in my life is in this other area, right? That's not sustainable. It needs to be integrated. So these, these three areas that I'm going to outline are a more integrated approach. Um, and we're going to look at them uh, as always through the lens of of athleticism. So the first one is health, right? And then, so the first place to think about that might be, you know, what's our overall health? We chase, and I'll put this in quotes, but, you know, we chase fitness a lot as athletes. And fitness is a, is a great thing to, uh, to set our sights on, right? Specifically, aerobic capacity, uh, muscular endurance. There are opportunities to define and, 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 and refine what that fitness actually is, that's certainly a catch-all phrase, but we do need to be more fit, right? That's the goal. Um, and But those don't necessarily, or when we use that term fitness, it doesn't necessarily capture um, overall health. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, what's our mental and emotional health, right? Are we pursuing our goals as athletes at all cost? And is that damaging to our mental and emotional well-being? That's certainly the case, um, oftentimes, um, and more so, uh, or the likelihood that that occurs gets even higher with the more driven we are, um, right? The more we push, the more we put blinders on, the more we pursue these goals at all costs. So often we see that um, correlate to, you know, mental and emotional duress. Um, so, you know, are we good there? So let's think about, again, overall health. Um, Nutrition is certainly a big part of that right? Do we feel, um, you know, are we happy? Are we satisfied when we, uh, when we eat? Um, is that a stressful situation? Is that a stressful time in our lives? Or is that something that's nourishing, uh, again, mentally, emotionally, as well as physically? 
Um, what's our relationship with food? Um, you know, are uh, our relationships balanced, right? Is our relationship to our athleticism, to our goals in balance with the relationships we need to maintain in other areas of our lives? That could be, um, that could be our career, uh, could certainly be our family, friends, and so on. So these are all part of the kind of overall health uh, pie. And those things need to be in check. Um, and when they are in check, we will be happier, right? When we have balanced relationships, when we have, we feel good about our ability to fuel our bodies, when we feel comfortable and confident in our own skin, um, that's going to make us happier. Um, so think about thinking about overall health. Um, and again, maybe that's just a, an expansion of kind of this, this, you know, term fitness that we use a lot. Are we fit in all areas of our lives? Um, and that might be a good way to, to look at overall health. Um, you know, thinking about health as, you know, through the lens of, you know, what does your body need? That changes a lot as we move through the year as athletes, right? And it's, 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 um, it's what does our body need from a, you know, from a physical perspective, right? So training stimulus, um, from a fueling perspective, but also what does our body need from, you know, a, a rest perspective? Um, what does it need from, <clears throat> from a downtime perspective, from a balance perspective? Those things shift. We, we have a tendency to, to kind of apply an approach as athletes and we stick with that f- to the bitter end when it needs to, to be more fluid. Um, so stepping back and understanding or realizing when that approach might need to shift or change by asking, you know, what does our body need? And again, it could be physically, uh, but it could also be, you know, more, um, uh, you know, it, it could be more nuanced than that, or maybe tapping into some softer sciences, um, to understand what our body needs in order to, to maintain balance. Um, and then overall health, through the lens of always focusing on the long term. So again, I've talked about this at length, but I really just the only the only way that athleticism and the pursuit of our goals um, adds value to our lives, or or that we're able to get the most out of those experiences, is if we do it for longer periods of time, if we become lifelong athletes, if we, if we begin to understand the true value of consistent dedication to becoming the best versions of ourselves year after year after year. So in the health camp is going to be, are we doing things that are sustainable for the long term? Because that's going to create happiness, right? Boom and bust um, is, not, is not the way to go about being happy as an athlete, right? And, and what I mean by that is, you know, t- going for 12 weeks or 16 weeks, going all in, throwing everything else to the side, you know, with a, you know, with a dedication and focus to that goal that pushes everything else to the periphery. Um, and then when we get to that goal, we're so exhausted and spent that we can't you know, we can't keep pursuing that thing, right? We have to go back to these other areas of our lives because we've, we've sacrificed so much. That's not, that's not a, a happy way to go about things. And it's not sustainable. It's not fulfilling. Um, 
And, but we see that happen a lot. Um, so, so are we focused on the long term? Um, that's the, a big piece of the health component for me. Uh, hey everyone, uh, I recently came across a new product on the market uh, and I wanted to take a moment to share it uh, with our listeners. Uh, Access Nutrients has created a supplement designed to assist with better absorption of zinc, iron, calcium, and magnesium. Uh, this is a heavily researched and science-backed supplement that helps to break down the anti-nutrient phytate. Uh, phytate is present in things like beans, grains, nuts, and seeds. Uh, any product made from these foods, uh, such as pasta, rice, chickpeas, nut butters, whole wheat flour, cereals, etc., etc. Uh, so without the enzyme, the above-mentioned micronutrients are largely unavailable for abs absorption, leading to deficiencies. So without iron, our bodies struggle to transport oxygen. Without zinc, our body's immune system is impaired, and many enzymatic processes cannot function normally. So this enzyme has already helped a number of people that I work with uh, on the athlete side with better performance, improved energy, uh, anemia, fatigue, and other conditions. Uh, you can have a read through the research on their site for more information, but just trust me when I say that this enzyme could be a game changer uh, for many of you when it comes to optimizing your performance. Uh, I've been taking it um, for about two to three months now, and I've noticed uh, big changes in my recovery, my sleep, uh, muscular fatigue, uh, endurance, uh, my ability to fuel uh, more closely to workouts. So it really has been um, uh, a really positive or had a positive impact on my performance. So, so for all of our listeners, um, you can go to accessnutrients.org and use the code THOMASENDURANCE um, to get 25% off uh, your order. And um, I think it's going to be something that you guys really like. I encourage you to try it out. Um, it's, uh, it's a really uh, cool product. I think it would be something that's very impactful for so many athletes and so many listeners of this podcast. So again, that's accessnutrients.org, code Thomas Endurance for 25% off your order. Uh, and let us know what you think. Um, it's been something that's been exciting for me to try. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Number three, or I'm sorry, number two, or the second area is going to be well-being. So what we, again, breaking some of this apart, you know, well-being, of course, could be, you know, am I physically well? You know, do I, do I feel, feel healthy? Um, do I, you know, am I sleeping? Um, am I able to, you know, is my appetite appropriate? Do I feel well nourished? Um, do I feel well supported? Do I have, you know, people around me? Um, do I have a team in place that, um, that's supporting my goals? Um, but it's also going to be, you know, again, is, is your approach adding value? Um, so at the risk of, you know, sounding like a broken record, um, it, it has to be something that, that is the pursuit of that thing makes you happy, right? Do you look at your, your training schedule? Do you look at your workouts? Do you look at the things it's going to require to get you to your goal? And are you excited about them generally? Um, or does it feel like a chore? You know, is it, is it a job? Do you, you know, do you cringe to think about the work that's going to be required? And, 
you know, it's not that every day is, is easy. It's not that it doesn't require some, you know, a, a push every now and again. Um, it's not that it doesn't require some hard days when we might not want to show up. But, but again, on the whole, is that, you know, is the approach adding value? Are we generally excited? Are we happy um, about what it's going to require to reach our full potential as athletes? Um, you know, does it feel sustainable? <clears throat> so the way I think about sustainability is, or some of the some of the metrics and tools I use to think about sustainability are things like you know mood, motivation, contentment, happiness. Right, checking in with yourself on a daily basis and asking yourself, you know, how do I feel about these things? Right, what's my mood? Again, what's my motivation? What's my contentment, happiness? Some of these areas to say, you know, what we should be seeing is that generally the majority of these days, you should be, your mood should be good. Your motivation should be pretty high. You're, you should feel content. You should feel, you know, satisfied. You should feel happy that you have the opportunity to, to pursue this goal, to check in with your body, to push yourself, um, to uncover what your body is capable of. And, you know, so that for me, if those things are not in check, um, then that's not sustainable, right? If week after week, um, or honestly, even like day after day, um, we, our mood is poor, motivation's low, we're not happy, we're not satisfied, we're not content. I mean, how, you know, how long can we put up with that? Um, we might be able to stick it out for a long time, but it's going to be at the detriment of, you know, our goals as athletes and, and really even at the detriment of those around us, right? We're, we're not going to be able to show up for um, the people that need us and we're not going to, be able to show up in other areas of our lives. So, you know, I think so much of the well-being piece is the real ability to check in with yourself and to be honest. Um, you know, we're really guilty of this, uh, or certainly I have been as that, you know, as athletes is when we do check in with ourselves, we, we lie. We say, okay, well, you know, what's my motivation? And if you're really honest, you'd say it's very low, but you know, we feel like it always needs to be high. So we say, well, you know, it's, it's, it's high. It's good. I can, I can motivate. Um, you know, what's my mood, right? Well, we feel guilty. We say, ah, oh, you know, it's, I should be excited. You know, I should be, um, excited to, to tap into this thing, but it's, but I'm not, uh, but we, but we lie, right? We feel guilty. Um, so that's a skill set that has to be developed, but the ability to really tap in and be honest, um, and it's something that takes practice. And I think it's a daily practice. Um, it's, it's what I try to do is really check in, in the morning, in the evening, whenever it makes sense. And, and give yourself the opportunity to, to be honest and ask yourself, you know, again, am I, you know, what's my mood, my motivation, and my happiness, my contentment, satisfaction, however you want to classify those things. Um, and, and, and keep track of them. And if, if they skew negative for too long, then that is impacting your well-being, right? The, the, the classification that we're using um, is, you know, and that's not sustainable. So again, well-being is another area that if we look at that critically, 
I think that that will help us be happier. Um, right. So that's what we're trying to, um, to, to remember to be, that's what we're trying to get at is, you know, uh, what, what role does happiness play in my, uh, in my life as an athlete and, and overall well-being is certainly an area where we should check into. And if we can understand how to go about that the right way, if we can be honest with ourselves, um, and our well-being is high, then we're going to be happier. Um, but we sacrifice that a lot. We sacrifice our overall well-being for our goals, and that's when it's not sustainable. Uh, that's when it doesn't make us make us happy. Number three, the third area that we can look at, or, or maybe should look at, uh, to understand if uh, what role happiness plays uh, in our lives is, is life satisfaction. So. Um, this is one, you know, of course, general life satisfaction. Um, we could go a lot of different ways with this. Of course, I'm going to look at it um, through the lens of our athleticism. Um, but one of the areas that struck me, again, reading um, Brad Solberg's book, The Practice of Groundedness, thinking about how to apply these tools, this research, these findings to our lives as athletes. Life satisfaction. Um, when, when I read that, I immediately went to goals and specifically I went to, you know, are, are we satisfied with our goals? So, so often we, um, we, we choose our goals for different reasons and they might not be because they make us happy. In, in terms of, you know, when we think about pursuing that goal, when we think about accomplishing that goal, it doesn't necessarily make us happy. It might be because our peer group signed up for that thing, or our peer group is pursuing that goal. Um, it might be because of proximity, right? See this happen a lot. You know, you have an event that's close to us, seems like the right thing to do because it's easy to get to. You feel like you need an event on the calendar. You feel like you need something to push towards. Um, so we sign up for that thing. When we're not really vested, um, we have no vested interest in that thing to begin with. So we force it. Um, and then we're not satisfied, right? So that really sets off a cascading. Um, if we come at a goal with any sort of you know scenario like I just outlined, um, that's certainly not sustainable. We're not going to enjoy the process. We're not going to be able to be engaged and present um, and get the value and benefit out of um, out of that that experience um, from the start. So that, that can be a broken system out of the gate. So thought about again when we think about satisfaction. You know, are we satisfied with our goals? Are we picking the goals for the right reasons? Um, and are we giving ourselves the opportunity? Uh, again, if we t go back to the well-being piece, are we giving ourselves the opportunity to be honest with ourselves to pick the right goals? You know, what's going to be motivating? What's going to be exciting? What do I want to do? How do I want to get the most out of my body? You know, what types of training would I like to do to tap into my athleticism, right? Maybe I've been a cyclist, but I don't feel like I have the ability or I can't be honest with myself to say, you know, it would actually be exciting to explore what another discipline looks like, you know, running, swimming, hiking, whatever it is. Um, 
we, we, we have a tendency to kind of, you know, corral ourselves and we do things because that's what we've done before. Um, so just certainly give yourself the opportunity to, to think about, you know, am I satisfied with this goal? Is this something I even want? Um, and if the answer is no, take a step back and do, you know, do something that feels, um, that feels fulfilling. Um, you know, I, I'd say, I think the easiest way to think about this, um, is when you think about that goal, are you excited about it? Now I realize there's some mixed emotions and feelings that can go into that. When we set big goals, there can also be, and maybe even should be, you know, fear, um, hesitation. Uh, there, there's some some other feelings that are that are in the mix for sure. That's that's healthy, right? When we set big goals, there should be a little piece of fear in there, right? The the real opportunity for failure is actually what can drive us to be the best versions of ourselves. But if we if we were able to know that that's a piece of the equation and not let that take over too much, you know, are we excited? Um, does it does it excite you to think about that process, to think about what it's going to feel like to to really lean into um, to what it's going to take to get there? That should be exciting. And if you're not excited, that would probably be the first indication that we should <clears throat> step back and think about how we can choose goals that lead to greater life satisfaction. And then another area for the life satisfaction piece is, do you have the support that you need? When we go at these things solo, when we, you know, again, kind of corral ourselves or we, we siphon off or funnel, you know, our goals as athletes uh, separately from <clears throat> who we are in the rest of our lives, in the rest of our day, uh, our, the other goals that we have in our lives, that can be pretty isolating. So I'm a big believer in having a support network, right? It really takes, um, it takes a village to, to get you to this goal. It takes a village to support your endeavors as an athlete uh, year after year. Now, it doesn't have to be extensive necessarily, but certainly, you know, buy-in and support from your family. You know, they see the value um, in what you're doing. Now, maybe that means that, you know, your family is also engaged in these activities as well. Or maybe they just understand that that when you set aside time for this thing, it it makes you a better person overall, right? It makes you more engaged, more present in your ability to be, you know, a parent, um, a partner, uh, you know, whatever that <clears throat> that relationship is. But you need that support, right? And from my perspective, you know, that's a coach, that's a dietitian, maybe it's physical therapist, massage therapist, you need the support of your family. It really is a pretty comprehensive network. Um, but what that's going to allow you to do is be more satisfied in your process. You're going to feel less isolated, you're going to feel more engaged, um, because you know you have the support of others, right? Anytime we go at things that are hard and are challenging, um, we need support. Um, and then maybe to that end, we need to know how and when to ask for support. Um, you know, specifically with endurance sports, they, they can be so isolating because they're so often solo, right? We do all of the work by ourselves until we get to an event, until we get to like a mass start opportunity. And, um, and that can be lonely. So that support network is even more important uh, in that process because we don't want to be isolated. We, we want to know where we can turn for support 
And again, that's going to help us with our overall satisfaction. We're not going to feel isolated. We're not going to feel, you know, when we do feel scared and nervous about setting big goals, we're going to have somebody to turn to or have a, you know, uh, several people to turn to, to help us understand how to compartmentalize those feelings and process them and, and move forward. So um, just to recap, uh, three areas that we can look for happiness um, in our lives as athletes. So health, specifically overall health. Um, again, you know, what does your body need? Always focus on the long term, making sure that we tap in to, um, to not just the fitness component, uh, not just our discipline specific preparation, but our overall health and well-being. And that's going to help us be happier and help us have uh, a more enjoyable process. Next is going to be well-being. Um, so, you know, is our approach adding value? Does it feel sustainable? Um, being honest with ourselves, we check into, you know, our mood, our motivation, our contentment, um, you know, our happiness. That's going to be uh, the well-being piece when that's in place, when it's, when it's you know, fully well-rounded and fully fleshed out, that's going to help us be happier uh, as athletes. And then life satisfaction. So again, you know, are we, uh, are we happy with how our athletic goals, how our athletic identity is integrated into our life as a whole? If we break that down a little more, you know, are we excited about our goals? Um, that's going to help us maintain happiness. And do we have the support network to keep us on track, to help us feel supported um, when we are in pursuit of those goals? that's going to deliver uh, more happiness as well. So um, I hope this was helpful. Again, I, it's, a, it's a conversation that once I started down this path seemed like something that we should, uh, we should be talking about all the time, you know, is, you know, are, are we happy? Uh, are we happy as athletes? Um, but it doesn't come up that much. And so I wanted to take this opportunity um, to help uh, our listeners uh, maybe understand how to think about happiness through the lens of athleticism. So uh, I hope uh, I hope this was helpful. As always, enduranceminded.com um, and let us know what you think, uh, how we can help, what's on your mind, what resonates, what doesn't. Um, go to enduranceminded.com, scroll to the bottom and leave us a note and let us know. Uh, let us know uh, how we can help, what you're struggling with, um, where you've had your wins, where you've had your losses, uh, I'd love to hear from you and Thomas endurance coaching, uh, com as well for resources to tap into our coach network, um, to check out our services. Again, TC teams, new exciting product that we have, um, and a really, uh, fun, flexible, dynamic coach athlete experience, uh, in a package that's, uh, that's accessible to everyone. So I uh, hope you'll check that out at thomasendurancecoaching.com. And until then, uh, I'll see you next time.